This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Blackman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. It is episode number 226 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, beautiful Buckatorium, lovely Sherrard, Illinois. This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, mm-hmm. the finest podcast to ever be recorded in Sherrard, Illinois. That's and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. God damn it. Yep. I went there. Thanks for getting out of the way. I, I have literally it. never said that on uh, 226 episodes. That's the first time I've said it. But uh, I am Steve. In the studio today is Kurt. Hey, everyone. Dougalus. Howdy. Tank intern Tank. Yep, I'm here again. Hey. hey. Taking notes, drinking Crown. We pay him in Crown. Taking oh, notes, yeah. intern taking notes. He keeps coming back. Tank in notes. <laughs> there it is. Proof. Yeah, we got them with that Crown Vanilla. We got, you got you on that Ross Bigger diet. Yeah. Man, it's a good diet. I know why Ross does it. it cr- uh, crown and beard. <laughs> crown and beard. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Your beard's looking so good now. Yeah, Damn. it's gotten real thick. It's nice. <laughs> it's real thick. It's real nice. Like it's just the beard. I just need Welcome. a mountain. Yeah, I just need a mountain to climb <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a tree to cut down. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning into the podcast. We're going to start it off right out the gate with a veteran shout out. Oh, that we are. We have a veteran shout out segment on every show, on almost every show. Go to workingclassbowhunter.com. Hit the contact form, and you will see the veteran shout-out tab in there. Help us with pronunciation with names. Thank you. Go ahead, Steve. Let it rip. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so this vet shout-out this week uh, comes from uh, a buddy of ours who sent it in. Uh, he wanted to shout-out uh, Space Force as the branch. Just wanted to give a shout-out to all future United States okay, who is Space this? Force vets. Thanks for keeping the galaxy safe. Always remember, never forget, if you ain't Space Force, you ain't shit. Who's, who's that was Chris Rogers. He said, on a serious note, shout out to all of my uh, U.S. Air Force AMO, uh, AMMO brethren out there continuing to buy, provide our nation's uh, enemies the opportunity to die for their countries. 
Chris Rogers uh, retired. He's a vet. Um, thank him for his service. Thank he you, man. Did some ammo, but he sent us some stickers. We got one here on the door. If you ain't ammo, you ain't shit. If so, if you ain't space force, you ain't shit. <laughs> that's a, That's pretty funny. I thought that was a funny deal. I thought um, that was like the only shout out there. I'm like, come on. No, 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 no. There was a there was a uh, serious note on there. But uh, thank you for all the um, all the other guys who are out there making ammo. You know, you gotta you gotta put something in the guys' guns who are shooting it. So. Thank you guys for all your service uh, to this country. Pack some heat. Pack, 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 a, a, pack, a, pack a gun. Pack, pack and heat. But if you guys do have another vet, like Kurt said, visit our website. We are more than happy to shout them out. So, Yes, thank you. Thanks for your service, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. Dude. <laughs> Tell me about Elite Archery, Steve. Do you want to know, know what's your, happening? Your show notes. Chris Schaff in Real Wild. Oh, yeah, this is good. Our Banging it out in Salt Lake City right now. I haven't seen uh, what the results are as of when we're recording this podcast. That's a big shoot that's going on. They were going for like they qualified first and second, and dude, those guys that's are been going on the, right now while we're recording. Right now while we're recording. Well, it depends on what time of this is. Um, also going on this weekend, where our good buddy Darren Christianberry is uh, is at OPA. Oh yeah, that's Levi Morgan. Yeah, so they're in Pennsylvania. So Elite is. Uh, out there all across the country and the uh the target shooters i mean it's that time of year doing work so you know you're thinking about yeah buy that ritual for hunting season but you really should have bought the echelon when you like february day after hunting season you should have bought that echelon so you could have it for target season but buy that ritual now so it's set up for bow season so that's uh elite shooters are handling business this year especially that young man chris Schaff. uh we need to get him on a podcast. We were watching Chris Schaff, me and Tank were the other day, and that dude's, dude, he's killing it. Man. He can't miss. No, he's <laughs> he's absolutely killing it. They've uh, they've got a great group of uh, guys out there. Check out EliteArchery dot com. Like I said, go get uh, go get that ritual set up for hunting season. But uh, you should be shooting your Echelon or Victory X uh, by now. For sure. And that's all I, I got. My E thirty five getting ready to. Yeah, well, does. it is set up. I just got to sight it in. I got a. Uh, the HHA on there ripping single pen nation, uh, lifetime warranty, American made. Um, check them out. A lot of people are making the switch over to the single pen versus the cluster of five pens. Almost said cluster fuck, so there it is. <laughs> you were gonna say cluster fuck, <laughs> yeah, okay, but I didn't, well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. I didn't I'm say glad it. you did not say that. They're um, not that bad. Single pen really cleans it up for me. I like it a lot. Um, it's just the adjustment of shooting to one pen and having that rangefinder glued by you when you're hunting. Um, and it comes up from the bottom, not from the side. Yeah, it's a different different setup, but I like I prefer it. Um, Scent Crusher. I can't pull up your show notes, Steve, because you took it on some foreign program. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. <laughs> we made a foreign program, dude. Scent Crusher. Dude, holler at your boy with that Ozone Go. So if you guys don't have the Ozone Go, you got guys and gals, working men and women of this country, and maybe the northern, wherever you're from, yeah, you make your country great. No big deal. But you're going to sweat. And uh, you're going to sweat a lot. And as soon as you get off work, you're going to go sit in your vehicle. You're going to stink. You're going to stink. Your vehicle's going to stink. That Ozone Go is really, really helping out right now. So, And we always preach about it during hunting season. But think about this. It's a busy time of year. you got to work them 10-hour days. You don't got a lot of time. You might have to work Saturday. So now you maybe work close to where your hunting property is. you got to drive down there. You don't want to booger up your hunting area. Ozone go it up, man. Always make sure you got that scent crusher bag. Keep a spare change Dude, of clothes in there. Dude, those gear bags are going to save our asses in Colorado in September. Oh, yeah, they will. Plug them into the truck. Run it. Even camping. I'm going camping this weekend. Me and Sam's one-year anniversary. And I'm going to I'm gonna bring that because if you get all sweaty, you just buzz what you, it. Buzz it's your one-year anniversary. You're camping. What are you getting sweaty for, Kurt? It's humid out uh, in the Midwest. It's hot out. It's <laughs> hoping for something else. But, uh, yeah, I get it. No, nah, bro. This is PG. It's a fucking P-rated show. No, <laughs> yeah. Sick fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're disgusting. Um, so, yeah. Right on with the podcast. This is going to be a fun one. We got the boys from Identical Draw. Uh, we've been watching them all day on Carbon TV. Uh, check that out. They know a little bit about Scent Crusher. They were rocking that in their, yeah, they in, were. In their show, which is cool to see. Um, we'll get them on. Thomas and Nathan. And check them out. Carbon TV, hope you enjoy, and we'll just jump right into it unless I miss something that we need to add in the intro. All right, cool. Nope, that's it. Here they are.
All right, so on uh, two phones with us, uh, one and two, I would assume they're identical phones, we have Thomas and Nathan Crick. That's right, Crick as in, uh, uh, you know, what uh, Midwesterners call streams. That's right. Oh, yeah, it's stream yeah. off Washington. No, it's a creek on Washington. Thomas and Nathan, <laughs> how you doing? We're doing well. Thanks for having well. Yeah, thanks. Well, appreciate you guys joining the show. Um, you guys are kind of different as in you're identical, and you guys got a show on Carbon. How the hell is that different? <laughs> well, yeah, good point, bro. Good so you guys are exactly okay. the same. You guys are different from everybody else as then you're identical. You're yeah, you're different because you're the same. Wow, that man. Right. That's just like... What's Dude, to say uh, and, he showed up missing? How the hell does that happen? He showed up missing. <laughs> he showed up and he was missing. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. thanks for joining the show. Uh, off to an awkward start, but how you boys doing? We're doing great. We are uh, excited to get this thing going, and uh, it's been a good week for us, so we've kind of been looking forward to this podcast and uh, excited to, uh, to get to know you guys better for sure. Well, give us some background, man. Where are you guys from, and what do you do? Let the people know. Yeah, I'll let yeah, you so, take this one. Yeah, um, so we've been hunting and fishing all of our lives, basically, and we first started with um, pheasant hunting when our dad took us out. We were pretty young, second and third grade, and we went out with the uncles and cousins and grandpa, and we just had an awesome time. We just we carried our BB guns through the field, didn't do anything but walk miles each day and uh, spook up some pheasants, but... Um, we had a blast doing that, and that's really what hooked us. And then all of a sudden, we were turkey hunting for a few years, and then we were deer hunting, and what what was a single trip each year for the open bear pheasant now was multiple trips each fall to try to get some whitetails down. Um, but, yeah, we uh, identical draws in a process, and it's been super fun for Thomas and I to get into it. And uh, it really started in uh, 2016 with uh, the Harlan Bowhunter Film School. And uh, we've been watching Harlan Bowhunter stuff for a really long time, and their production is just the greatest. And we finally uh, saved up to get to their film school and kind of learned that, that whole side of it and wanted to start filming our hunt. Very cool. Yeah. Very so, cool. and now, I don't know if we, we covered this yet, but you guys are identical twins. Some, and some young cats. You guys aren't even 21 yet, are you? <laughs> no, we're not. No. We're Man. 20. So that's cool. You guys are in school right now doing this, too. Is Hustling. Yep. Yeah, yeah we we're actually some summer courses yeah. right now. So. Oh, very cool, very cool. So what did you guys do? You guys were just inspired by the outdoor industry and wanted to dive into it and then just dove headfirst into the Heartland Bowhunter Film School? Or, or what yeah. made yeah, like, really, push you? Yeah, I really uh, – the first hunt I filmed was – uh, turkey hunt with my brother Anthony and we called in these huge strutters to like 20 yards and Anthony shot one and I just filmed it with my iPhone and just to capture his reaction and the excitement was just insane and even though the quality was terrible it was just awesome to see the excitement and like it gave us chills just watching it again like this is something that we'd like to do we had no camera experience before this um, but when we were younger we would watch literally hours of any hunting like content that we could get, we didn't have the outdoor channel, but we would watch like all the primos truths about hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. We would just watch those three hour videos like through every day after school, and so like the whole filming thing was always in the back of our mind. And then the HB Film School really just kicked it off for us. What like, do you guys- I don't know if you guys have watched our Carbon TV like intro for season one. Yeah, but it's like starts when we're like um, ten years old. And we're trying to do, like, the primos, like, sit down, teach you how to call things. Yeah, we, we saw yeah, that. that was really <laughs> cool. Which is funny, because that was that. filmed, like, what, two years ago? Something like that, you know, when you guys were 10. <laughs> yeah. No, that was cool, yeah. man. I enjoyed that. That's the yeah. first thing I noticed, yeah. too, is that you guys are, you guys pay attention to the detail and the quality of the footage. And that was the first thing that stood out to me. And you can see that in the intro. So it's cool that you guys do that, because it shows, like, yeah, we, we, we didn't just start to do this to have a show and be like recognized for just being on TV or on, you know, a, a streaming network. So it's kind of cool to see mm-hmm. that. And I can tell you guys put some hard work into getting high quality shots. And so it makes sense that you guys mm-hmm. had like professional schooling from Heartland Bowhunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that kind of fueled it for mm-hmm. us. We, we went into that, that film school, like completely nude, like 
we didn't even know that a Nikon that we had could film video. <laughs> and, like, all these guys had their DSLRs, and we're, we're like, dang, like, maybe that can film some video. So we didn't even know it, like, going into that. So, yeah, really cool. I mean... You guys are you guys are putting this out, and um, we'll we'll kind of touch on this uh, a, a little bit. You guys are currently in school right now. Uh, are you, you guys aren't film film majors, are you? Like art majors? You guys are going for something else. Yeah, we're doing something else. We both have different degrees. Thomas is doing uh, a little exercise science route, and right now I'm undeclared. But I've been doing a lot of uh, like counseling psychology uh, classes and stuff like that. But of course, this is this is the dream to be able to do this full time, and so we kind of like we talked to our uh, professors at Nebraska Wesleyan and made this thing work last fall. Um, we did um, an internship, and then we also did another online class. So that meant we had no classes actually in the classroom. So basically, all fall we were full time students, twelve credits, but we did not spend a single day in the classroom. We were out filming hunts for carbon, um, which was like the best way to do it because we could fill credits, please the parents, you know, and then also, <laughs> there you go. Also film the hunts. So it was a double whammy. Yeah. You guys got it figured out. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, most college students would be like, yeah, I'll just uh, go to the campus, but I'm just going to drink and uh, yeah. you know, hook up with yeah. chicks. Yeah. Like you guys are like, we don't <laughs> even want to go to the campus. We want that degree, but we actually want to get out. I did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you actually want to get out and kill some, uh, kill some critters. I mean, what's yeah. how, how do you balance the school life and trying to put all this together and, you know, do whatever else you guys do? I mean, is are you finding that being challenging? I mean, still being young, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys you guys aren't uh fully into into life yet, but what what's what's going on with you guys now? How do how do you balance all of this right now? Definitely makes a really busy schedule. Um so like Nate mentioned, we we had we still were full time students. So any any weeks we weren't hunting, we were spending time doing school work. And then during the spring, since it's a lot easier to do a turkey weekend hunt than a deer weekend hunt, we pack full all the credits we can, eighteen credits for the spring. Um, but man, that makes for a busy time because we're also busy editing our hunts in the fall. So. Yeah, I mean, to have any successful business, you have to burn the midnight oil. So I guess that's what we've been doing. <laughs> right. Well, you guys are—you can tell the hustles there. And then, so you guys have been—you guys have uh, seasons on carbon. Um, how long have you been on carbon, and, and how's that doing? That's got to be pretty exciting because you guys are kind of doing the the hunting thing and the school thing. So to, to get some recognition and be yeah. out there for everyone to watch is a pretty big deal. It was—it was super exciting. We actually. We had filmed, um, we had been in contact with Carbon a little bit uh, last year, but we had filmed um, our entire season. And in November, we were like, where are we going to put this stuff? I mean, we like we were just kind of like getting a YouTube channel going and stuff. But ideally, like, we had grown up watching a bunch of Carbon stuff, and that was like the dream to get on there. And then all of a sudden, we got an email from them, and they wanted our, our first season. So, like, big time prayers answered there. Um and so once they contacted us, we were like, heck yeah, we've got episodes for you guys, um, from big game hunts to fly fishing to pheasant and stuff. Um, so that was like a, that was a big time, big time move for us to be able to get on there. And after just a single season of filming, um, Thomas and I were really happy with that accomplishment to be able to, to get on there and, uh, be happy with our first season episodes. Cause I mean, it was in 2016, we did have kind of like a, that was our first fall of really filming. But honestly, we were just sitting up in tree stands holding a Nikon D5100 in our lap. <laughs> wasn't anything great. We pretty much scratched that entire season. So um, You got to have that season, though, at the same time, you know, before you jump in and do it the right way. You kind of have to have right, a right. like a screw-around, dabbling type season. But then you yeah, guys did sure. have, you know, the good shit. And, I mean, you know, for anybody who's thinking about putting a project out there, you guys did it right because when Carbon's like, hey, what do, what do you got for us? You're like, hey, Guess what? We got a whole season. We got it on deck. Right. That's a mm-hmm. that's a really smart move. I mean, I think obviously the hard work and effort you guys put into it, it's all coming out of your pocket. Um, you guys, you, college students, got to be working some real shitty jobs just to yeah. just to afford all this equipment. But you guys went out there, had all of it, and you presented it, and now you're here. So now, what's your guys' drive look like now? I mean, are you guys? 
more pumped? Or are you guys trying to stay on the same plane? What's what's going on now? Like, what what, what are we looking at? What, what's like season two looking like? I mean, season one's good. Yeah, is season two going to be better? Stevens, want you to leak some stuff on the podcast? <laughs> I do. That's all, that's what I'm looking for. Of course. Yeah, Maybe. we. Yeah, I can take this one. We, you know, I look back at season one and I'm like, this is good stuff. I'm happy with it. We had some successful hunts and we had some hunts that didn't work out. And filming overall, I'm like, okay, it's all right. But there's so much that we can do better. Um, it's hard not to just look at it and be like, oh, come on, like these are obvious things now that I see that we can definitely improve on, but it's also going to be great for us in season two to make those improvements and make a huge leap forward. We want our season two to be a whole other level of and content on like quality and the whole storyline. Um, we're, we're shooting for more relationships with the people that watch our show. And uh, we, we are super pumped for season two. We got some hunts planned up. Um, just the other day, Thompson and I had a big meeting. We're doing a, an Idaho mule deer hunt, and that Very is cool. going to be the big one in September. Um, we're going to be loading up the backpacks and heading back into the country. I, I listened to the podcast before that you guys had on Clint. Yeah, yep. And uh, I love that one because he kind of talked about the whole Western hunt, how you got his pack back there. And um, Thomas and I kind of have the same mentality as him. We're both, we're both cross-country runners. Well, post. Um, we both ran in high school, and then I ran some in college. And uh, so we're just going to put those packs on, load up camp, and get deep in the wilderness, and hopefully find some nice mule deer bucks. So we've Very got, cool. yeah, we've got, we got a really exciting fall ahead of us. Awesome. Well, I'm already excited to looking at looking for that episode because that's the stuff that's you know, yeah. growing up a Midwestern guy, and you know, I grew up hunting, uh, you know, the typical Illinois timber. That Western stuff is so foreign and so interesting to me that it's exciting to see mm-hmm. that, especially guys that are relatable. Like you guys are out there going backpacking and doing it. That's why we love talking to Clint so much because he's a dude from Ohio that drives way the hell out to Montana, Idaho, Colorado. Yeah, you know he's Chirac, in New Mexico. Illinois. Yeah, Chirac, yeah. <laughs> you know he's he's out there doing it. So he's kind of the voice for the Midwestern guy. That's like, hey, listen, you can do this stuff. It's you just gotta mm-hmm. go. But you did bring up, you know, you guys had some successful hunts and unsuccessful hunts. But we just watched right before the podcast, I actually watched the episode when you guys were out uh, public land mule deer hunting. And that was a, I love that episode because it wasn't all about the kill. It was like you could tell you guys were out there hustling, getting after it, and showed you guys cooking at the truck and and all that. And I was really into that episode, watching you guys going on those spot and stocks. And maybe just I want you to touch a little bit on what that's like going after uh, public land muleys because, for me, that's something I want to do next, uh, you know, next September. I'm wanting to do some public land mule deer hunting, whether it's Colorado or Nebraska or Idaho or wherever I can go. I'm going somewhere, maybe South Dakota even. Um, I might go up with my buddy Jeremy. Um, But – just what's that like, and any tips for someone that's going to do it next fall? And uh, just what do you got? And why did you guys make spaghetti without breadsticks? I don't, I don't <laughs> get that. I'm, I'm... Hey, we do it when we can. Right. That was a big mistake. we got to change that for season two. Okay, that's the most hey, important hey, thing. Do us I one mean... favor. Make breadsticks with the spaghetti and just be like, this is for the boys at working class. <laughs> you got to learn, oh, learn from your mistakes, you know? <laughs> Dude, go to yeah. Fazoli's and get a bunch of bunch of them, freeze them, and they'd be like, yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> Or you go to meal deer, meal deer hunt. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the great thing about that meal deer hunt, like anybody, anybody with a bow or what can just like step on that ground and do exactly what we did. So, um, we love that factor of it. But man, Nebraska, we're lucky. We have some great sand hill like mule deer public land um, out west. So Nate and I were just like, hey, let's throw a dart at the map. And let's go try some of this out. Let's camp out there. So it ended up being like a seven, eight day hunt. Um, super wild. Tons of land out there. Tons of country. Didn't run into too many people. Um, so we weren't quite sure what to expect because that was our like first um, public land hunt out there. But yeah, as the episode shows, we ended up we had a couple first hard days. Um, we kind of like skimmed through them quickly in the episode, but man. There's a lot of glassing and very few spots. So um, that, that ended up being tough. But on the fourth day, I think it was, we um, were lucky enough just to run into some some bucks. What we were doing is we were checking for does, and then wherever those does were, we 
go slowly into those spots and see if some bucks are bedded nearby. It looked like some good bucks too. You guys got in on. I was there was at one point one of you guys was up on the hill and the other person was trying to yell yeah. to get the muleys to stand. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I think there was three bucks better there. Yeah. And I'm watching. I'm like, to be honest, I'd shoot all three of those boys if <laughs> oh, one yeah. to give me a chance yeah, for sure. They said it was Nathan, but I believe it was Thomas. I don't know. I don't believe these. We two. had we actually just posted the uh, picture of one of the of the big one on our on our Instagram and Facebook, I think, and. uh it was like this one was huge. Like you, we were three, four hundred yards away, and you could just see that thing just sticking out like crazy. His, his antlers were just insane, and uh, his body too. I mean, on one of those stocks, Thomas was ten yards from him. Yeah, that first eyes, the top eyes. And I was standing over him. That I could, I was just so close to him. Um, he didn't give me a chance. He didn't. He just like turned and split, but. Yeah, they dipped out it was right crazy away. Crazy to be so close to like such a huge animal like that. Well, what's cool about it is you don't on those type of hunts you don't have to have a kill to make a, an entertaining episode, especially for the Midwestern crowd. They just want to see that type of hunt and what they can learn from an episode like that and and how to go yeah. about it. Because that's an educational thing for me. When I watch that, yeah, I'm entertained by it, but I'm also taking mental notes and sometimes even I'm writing stuff down like. When I do this, because it's all bucket list stuff, you know, so it's a goal yeah. I'm always chasing. So to watch you guys do it, it's cool because I can see myself chasing after the same goal. Yeah, after out of all of our hunts, that mule deer hunt was by far the one we learned the most on, um, just because it was such a grind and there's such disappointment and success. We was like, you don't understand. It, it's like it is a matter of ten seconds where you are on high. Like cloud nine, when that bu- when that buck is just bedded twenty yards from you, and then in like just a snap of your finger, it's different. Either you get a shot and you have success, or you you miss, or it just doesn't work out. You can't get a shot off. And that that first stock we had on this big buck, I mean, it would have easily been our biggest buck. And to see like after it wasn't Thomas didn't like he he shot at like he flung an arrow at, like sixty yards. But basically, he was at ten yards. Um, he got the buck's attention. That thing just beelined like out of out of our lives, basically, until a few days later. But um, he to see Thomas after that hunt was just pure like raw emotion and disappointment. It was out of our entire lives hunting together. I've never seen Thomas such a tough spot. I just like, you're trying to be positive. You're like, hey, we're gonna get back on these guys. Like, you just have to be positive in those moments because you know on these hunts you're going to have those disappointing moments and you're either going to come back from strong or you're just going to give up. And you're like, you're just trying to stay positive as much as possible. But it was so tough. That, that re- the rest of that evening was just, oh, my gosh, we were just trying to pull ourselves up out of that. I know Tom felt bad about the whole thing, but it just it happens so fast. You just got to be on your feet and you got to be ready for whatever happens. Yeah, man, you can't even drink your problems away. You're only 20 years old, man. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just eat a bunch of pescetti and get out yeah, of there. Pescetti? Did you just say pescetti? Yeah, yeah, pescetti. What? Uh, what's your guys' favorite episode on season one? Tom, oh, you go first. Uh, I don't know. Um, I I'd honestly probably say the mule deer. Um, I don't know, like watching it and how it actually went it was different. Like the elk kind of course was fun to be able to kill an elk, but um. I have to say mule deer. I don't know about you, Nate. I I would definitely say the elk was my favorite because I got to kill. Um, but also <laughs> sure. because that whole hunt, I mean, climbing those mountains, it is just a completely different ball game than this Nebraska hunting. And uh, you hear that? I Kurt? mean, we were doing these. I'm taking notes. Yeah, exactly. I got to get in shape. It is, but I mean, you got to be in shape for that crap. I mean, it is not easy. And you're sweating your butt off every morning. I mean, we, we walk through the dark every morning to get up into the spots where they be bugling right off the bat. And it's early season, so we were mainly working the water for those elk, not really doing a ton of calling and stuff. And we had some bugles, but it was mainly like, let's find the water, let's find the areas where they'll feel safe and feed them. Um, to actually have that come together in the fifth night was insane. Um, I, I give Tom credit on it because we uh, – we had hunted so hard and we had only seen like a few groups of elk. And, um, that night I was like, it was, it was like getting, it was like it was past the prime time in the evening. It was like kind of getting darker. I was like, Hey, you want to head back down? Like 
we're a mile and a half, two miles from uh, Trailhead, basically. And he was like, no, let's stick it out. I mean, we've got only like, I don't know, another 30, 35 minutes. And um, so we're like, okay, let's just stick it out. And um, right then, it's like, nate, nate, nate. And across the valley, we just see this this cow elk just coming straight for us, just on a beeline. And um, I'd done some cow calls before that, so I knew she was, like, responding to something. And, I mean, she was calling the entire way into us. We could just hear her calling. And that, that whole, like, calling back to the animal is just insane. Usually you want, in September, you want a huge bull elk. But even this cow, I mean, was the biggest animal I've ever killed. Um, so she came in all the way to 24 yards. And uh, just staring right at us, just trying to find that other cow, just because they're such social animals. And I was able to draw back and get an awesome shot on her. And, man, did she taste good, though. And oh, I bet. That, that's yeah. the best part of it. Oh, yeah. That's the best part of it. I've, I've heard, I've never had, I've had, I've never had elk that someone had shot, like, you know, real wild elk. And that's, I'm sure yeah. you guys heard with the, on the Clint episode, me and my dad and our buddy Jeremy from South Dakota are all planning on going elk hunting in Colorado this year. And uh, yeah. I'm just – today was like the turning point where I just like all of a sudden got the – I've like I'm super excited about it, but today I got the itch so bad that I can't wait to go. Like I'm like giddy, mm-hmm. just like, oh, shit, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait for September. That, But I'm so nervous because of the unknown. Um, but right. the meat is one thing I'm looking forward to if we can make something happen. But the unknown has me so nervous, and that's I'm from tonight on. I'm gonna binge watch public land elk hunting just to get yeah. like my fix. And it's also an educational thing. If you, your brain watches those hunts, you kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know. You you know like what to look for. Maybe not until you maybe you won't learn it till you actually go. But I feel like it'll help rather than not watching them at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was our first elk hunt, so. We were definitely lucky. I mean, I think the success rate in that unit is like 15 to 20%. Oh, wow. So we were definitely lucky, especially early season. They weren't rutting and stuff. That's and yeah, fairly that high percent, good. I feel like, for public land. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And they just over the counter. So it's like, it's one of the better over the counter units, I think. Um, but I mean, for our first year, giving it a go, like, we are super pumped to be able to get that. And so, I mean, definitely, it's every single morning we learn something. We, we, have like a little meeting after every hunt and be like, what did we get from this? Like, what are we going to do differently? And so it takes two things to kind of like get your feet wet and figure it out. But it's going to be a blast. The great thing is, the great thing is that Nate is like my, in my opinion, he's a super good diaphragm turkey caller. So like, I was like, Nate, get this elk diaphragm call. So he handled that and I knew I was going to be filming it. So he, he picked up on that elk call like immediately and it was awesome. Dang, I had to get myself one. I gotta, I gotta yeah, start practicing. Good at that. I'm good at turkey calling. Well, I feel like with a diaphragm, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. mud. I, I can make a rip. <laughs> you can make a rip. <laughs> well, I'll make it happen. Hopefully, confidence. That's what you always tell me, Cameron. Yeah, you gotta be yeah. confident. Just do it, man. Just don't even hesitate. Just do it. Just I'm excited. For that. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm talk super about pumped. It, be about it. I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a whole podcast with Jeremy before we go about our plans, and we're going to try and podcast from the mountain and do all sorts. Jeremy of from who? Buckstorm. You better give him a nice little plug. Oh, he gets all the plugs yeah. he needs. Did you guys see a lot of elk then? We didn't get to see the episode. Yeah, that's one we haven't watched. Um, we, we, it, was, it was tough going mainly. Um, you got into a few different groups, and we actually had some a local guy that had a cabin a few, um, just a few acres down. And he wasn't hunting, but he had hunted uh, when he was a little younger. And he's like, yeah, this is usually a good area and stuff like that. And so kind of just went up there out of the blue. And, I mean, we'd heard some bugles, but really, like, before that hunt, we'd maybe seen 10, 15 cows, maybe no bulls sighted. So, What time of year were you guys out there? It was uh, late August. I think I shot... Macau on September second or third. So fairly, fairly early for bugling. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I'll be out September fifteenth is the first day I have marked in the calendar, but I think I'll be there like the fourteenth. Yep, we're gonna be there at the same time. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll be back at the woods. Sure. What's that? See you guys in the woods. <laughs> yeah, <it'll be> fun. <laughs> we'll run into each other by chance. <laughs> what the hell? We'll be hey. back to you guys on the path. That would be funny. 
We'll be we'll be hiking past you. You guys will be out of breath. <laughs> now, yeah. pull the Clint Casper. Oh, you guys are camping here. I'm camping like six miles away. <laughs> yeah, that dude's crazy. You you want to say yeah. something, Doug? Yeah, I got a question. Uh, how do you guys decide who films and who hunts? It's a good one. Good question, Nate. Tom, take it. Okay, I'll take it. Um, pretty much, it's you fight I for mean, it. We just like have, we we set up a ring. We pick a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty easy. We're 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 best friends too, so it's like, hey, like I was chasing a whitetail last fall, and I like I wanted to like focus on him, so I was like, Nate, you can take this elk hunt, but hey, I get mule deer later. So yeah, that makes sense. Pick and choose your battles. We kind of just give you enough. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Me and my dad were hunting Rios in Kansas in the spring, and I shot a Rio turkey, and he didn't. He goes, you just got to give me first shot on an elk in Colorado. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Damn. It's, it's the way it's got to happen. There you go. Hey, but you know what? How, how, I, I guess, you know, you think about it. It's your your father is going to get a first shot at an elk, potentially, now that you shot that Rio. You know, Thomas or Nate, whichever one you are, I don't believe uh, whatever you, you, you think said. they're just messing with you the whole time. I think so, dude. I, that's a conspiracy. That's the beautiful thing about your show. You can be like, they can be like, well, you know, one of you guys always shoots all the elk. Like, well, you don't know, though, because we switch it up. Like, you'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, those <laughs> switch roles. But I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, this is my brother, my best friend. Dude, take the shot. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. a true home. Both for your show, so it's a success no matter who kills but, it. But you know what? Think about this. Either Thomas or Nate, whoever wants to take credit, they either of them could. Like, yeah, I'll let my, I'll let my brother take that shot. So then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you're the hero. Not the yeah. hero for shooting yeah. it, but you're the hero for letting Yeah, if, you're, talk, if you're talking to a girl, you know, take turns saying who shot the booner. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, Tonight it's you. Last was crazy. But... <laughs> Last fall? Yeah, so last fall was crazy because I filmed pretty much the entire season, um, but I killed more than Tom because I went, I was um, shooter first um, for the elk hunt, and I killed him the fifth day, and then we came back and we did whitetail for a while, had no success, and I was filming Tom the entire time. And then... Um, we went into the mule deer hunt, and I filmed Tom's too because I was like, hey, I killed the elk. I got to keep filming him. Had really close opportunities. And Thomas, during that hunt, was even like, hey, take your boat. I'll take the camera. I was like, no, you got to get, you got to knock one of these down. Um, didn't happen. And then we came back to whitetail hunt, and I kept filming him. And then we went to our buddy out in Kearney. He's got some property, and Thomas was like, okay, you can have this hunt. So I was like, okay, I'll take this hunt. And... Second or third day in that hunt, I killed a whitetail buck. And then we swapped, we swapped back and deer hunted the rest of the season, had super close encounters. If you've seen the deer season episode. Um, and Thomas never got one in the bag. Um, so it was like, I whenever I had the bow in my hands, I had the success. And, and Thomas hunted way more than me, but it just sometimes you get, the, you get dealt good cards. So. Just the way it works, man. It's hunting. Yeah. Yeah. It's unpredictable. Um, it swapped for turkey season, though. What's that? Yeah. It, it swapped for turkey season. I killed on our first evening out, and then I was filming eight the rest of the season with no success. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys, if you would say, if someone was like, hey, you can bow hunt or gun hunt for the one whole season, what one are you picking? Uh, bow hunt, hands down. We do. We're like 95% bow hunt. Yeah. Yeah. We so, just have a pheasant hunt that we shotgun. Well, that's cool, too. Now, that's a good mix-in on the season. You know, it keeps everybody interested. Like Cameron in here, our intern, yeah. Tank Cameron Tank, he's a big bow hunter, but he also, when we were watching you guys' show um, before the podcast, too, he's like, hey, I want to watch that one. You know, that's the one. He's into that. He's got yep. the, the hunting dogs for it. He's like, oh, we need to watch that. So, um, yep. you got to, you know, that that's the benefit of having that mix, like, we're mostly bow hunting on our podcast. We're not going to have a full episode about hunting pheasants or anything like that. So we kind of missed that market. Um, but so, yeah, I think that's great. You got to include that stuff, you know, doing what you guys are doing. It's cool to have yeah, a little mix up. You guys are all across the board fishing and, you know, pheasant hunting and everything. Yeah. Hunting, fishing, loving yeah, every yeah. day. Didn't Luke Bryan say that? I think. <laughs> yeah. like, I heard that Luke Bryan's allergic to fish. What kind of <laughs> what kind of country artist is that? <laughs> well, we might, have to, we might have to figure that one out. Yeah, we always yeah. love pheasant hunting because that's really what 
uh, started us in like loving our hunting. That's what our dad got us started on. So we always want to do a pheasant hunt each fall. Yeah, definitely. I've you never know. killed a pheasant. Fun fact. I don't either. <laughs> oh, I've, man. I've killed two. Um, With I've your killed truck two, yeah, I've it. killed uh, two. One in Iowa, one in Illinois. Both of the 2004 GMC Envoy. Good for hey, you, man. Fact. I'm glad you're here. You smoke, nah, no. you smoke them? <laughs> All right, boys. I got a question here. This, I'm, this is a two-part, so answer as you will. You guys can take turns. I want to know who's the better hunter out of the two, Uh-oh. and then who's the better shot with a bow? Ooh. That is tricky, man. That's brutal. I want pure, pure Coney, honesty. This Coney the peop, guns high. The people are going to decide on whether or not to watch your show over these ones. You guys really? are in separate rooms, so say whatever. Lock the doors and let's hear it. Yeah, okay. We might have a conversation after this, Tom. But, uh, <laughs> um, Nasty so Nate. I, I'm gonna go terrible first. Tom. I'm going to go first, Tom. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, hands down, I'm both. Um, there's no doubt about it in my mind. Who's this? Is this Tom or Nate? <laughs> this is Nate. Tom talking. Wait, t- t- so Tom's, Tom's, Tom's the shit, A number one. You're the older one, though, right, Tom? No, Nate is. Oh, Nate's the older one. All right, okay, so, so if I'm throwing yeah. money on one of you guys at a 3D shoot, Tom's going to take – I'm going to win the money if I put my money on Tom. I would – I. I honestly, and I'm Nate speaking, I would, I'd put it on Tom, hands down. But oh, wow. if you want to go out into the woods, what a nice guy. if you want to go out into the woods and kill anything, you go out with me. If you want to go out in the woods and have a nice walk, go out with Tom. <laughs> have a Damn. nice walk. Damn. 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 Damn, here it goes. Damn, where do you put your money? I would love if these two just started fighting right in the middle of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, then, and then you yeah. hear, like, uh, you hear, uh, you hear, you hear their dad come in, like, Tom, you're always doing this. You always think you're better, and Nate always whooped your ass. <laughs> oh, man, here we go. <laughs> yeah, dude, calm down. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> this took a hard turn. <laughs> hey, dude. Well, well I'll, I'll find out who the, who the, uh, who the better hunter is. Uh, do either of you two have girlfriends? Yeah, we both do. You both I do. have a fiancé. Uh, who has a fiancé? I have a fiancé. Is it? Tom, Nate's the better yeah. hunter. Nate doesn't get locked down to one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate knows when to pass. Yeah. You no, know, Nate. Nate gave me credits for being a maybe a better shot, but when like we're walking into Elkwood at like three thirty in the morning, Nate just like has he knows exactly where he's going, and I'm like just following him. I don't know how he knows the same path as yesterday, so I'll have to give him that. Internal GPS, man. My dad has it. It's, it's only certain people have it. I actually yeah, have yeah. it. Weirdly enough, that's no. The you one don't thing have I it. No. Swear to God, bullshit. I'm you calling. Even I, hold on. Stop cat, the podcast. Maybe. Stop the podcast. I will go. Fuck, one. Shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> Let's hear this it. is why I've been in the woods with you, and you turn into a little girl, man. Because I'm nervous, dude. I don't trust <laughs> yeah. you alone. I think you're gonna kill me. Is you what do not is, have dude. an internal GPS. Of all if, people, if I go one place, I will be able to get back to there. Doesn't matter where it is. Steve's talking big right now, and not think I'm gonna call him out of the podcast. That's the biggest crack of bullshit I've ever heard. Wherever we you go, can't find your way out of a goddamn plastic bag. Oh, shut your mouth! I guarantee I will go where the no. breeze is, baby. <laughs> Sorry, boys, I had to call Steve on his no, bluff. Get out of here, dude! He didn't think I'd do it. I will go one place. You done? Yeah, Take me one place. Yeah, done. I will be right back there. You done? Promise. Your couch. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Yeah. Back to you. Back Welcome to, you. to the podcast. Kurt is my identical twin brother. We're the same in every single way. Take off 60 pounds and add a bunch of good looks, and that's me. (laughs) 60 pounds? Is that how much more I weigh than you, you fat tub of shit? How much do you weigh? You said 256 at the shoot, son. Yeah, I put on a little since then. (laughs) All right. What up? Collusion. What up? I'm over here losing weight. No carbs, son. I'm drinking Crown. No carbs. Just sauce. I had a carb since 2004. (laughs) All right. I haven't had a carburetor since they stopped making them. I'm going to ask these boys a tough, tough question. And it's not really a tough question, but it's a hard one to answer because I've been asked this a lot with our podcast. And now it's easy because we're comfortable and we've done it a while. But what makes you guys different than other shows? And why should people find you guys out on Carbon versus somebody else? That is the golden question these days with so many people wanting to get into filming and stuff. And so I'm going to be a great brother and let Tom answer it. <laughs> nice. Damn, throwing him right under yeah. the bus. Doom, 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 doom. That's Kill his it. lifeless yeah. body under that electric Damn, bus. son. Minus He's the details. Saying, dude. That's right. what happened. Yeah. So I guess since I've been throwing this question, um, I would say 
definitely being identical twins is a bit of a niche for us. Um, we definitely want to stress, like, on season two, like, being in the, both being in the shot together so the audience can see the both of us more often. Um, but then we also just, like, you guys kind of touched on, we definitely try to have the best quality footage you can always, uh, you can possibly get. Um, that's definitely, me and I have been, like, having meetings lately and we're like, hey, like, filming's got to be number one, hunting's got to be number two because, um, we just like want to have the cleanest show possible. So, like, as far as like what really sets us apart, I guess we're still trying to figure that out. But um, for now, like, just having that twin aspect is something that really helps us. We're we're really trying to um, include our audience in what we do. Um, we're showing like the successes and also the failures. We want just average Joe who's sitting on the couch watching our carbon episodes to be like, I can get up. And I can go do what they're doing as long as I have a boat and I get my license and everything. And because I mean, we own no property. We uh, we have like a few. We have one basically private land connection that we can hunt on sometimes. Um, but we do all of our stuff public land. It's all like over the counter. Go get your tags. We really want it to be like really um, level with people. And we're not going to go and pay for um, like big um, outfitted hunts and stuff like that. I uh, really want to be able to relate relate to people, but we uh yeah that's still a work in progress. I mean, after our first season, like we were basically just that that filming the hunt show, and we are really trying to be no, more dynamic this fall. Very cool. You know, I I, I want to touch yeah. on this, and um, I've already made one wrestling reference this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make a second, dude. You know that when you guys are talking to who's going to be number one, who's going to be number two, I don't think you guys should worry about that so much because if you take pro wrestling tag teams. All right, big pro wrestling fan. And the one thing about tag teams is you might be able to say, hey, one guy's better at this, one guy's better at that. But throughout the match, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have one guy who's great at this, one guy who's great at that. It doesn't really matter so much as long as both of those come to a finish, right? So if there's a number one here, number one there, as long as you guys finish strong, I think if, you know, Hey, I'm, you're going to be number one on this episode. You're going to be number one on this episode. I think as long as you guys have a very strong finish and a very strong product throughout the whole thing, that number one, number two shit doesn't need to happen. I think you guys... People yeah. are going to watch. Yeah, people are going to watch, and they're going to want to see maybe maybe the guy who's number two, probably Nate or Thomas, whoever you want. But as long as you guys can build yourself back up and make that, I believe that... That is going to be a huge thing for you guys. That's just me as a fan watching. That's what I want to see. I want to see the struggles yeah. and the failures of both of you guys That's as long as point, the shit Steve, ends strong. Because what I was going to add after you got done rambling About, was, you know, yeah. even if you have an unsuccessful hunt, I still think it makes a great episode. Um, it, it, it makes a relatable episode, and it's a learning episode. So I think a lot of people enjoy watching those just as much as the hero kill shot episodes, you know? Yeah. I think that Outdoor Channel can be so skewed for hunt, like so many hunters. Like, you see a kill every single episode. That, like, bow hunting couldn't be, like, further from that most of the time, you know? Agreed, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. Sure, too. So we, uh, we like to have those episodes. And, like, I know, like, Meat Eater does it, too. Like, they're on a much bigger uh, level than us. But, like, having, like, just showing unsuccessful hunts is just as important, we think, so. Yeah, yeah no, it, it definitely just, is. Go ahead. It yeah. just doesn't make it so staged. I mean, some of the... My favorite hunts I've ever watched on TV, YouTube, whatever. Uh, ooh, you're fine. Good. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, it's unsuccessful. I mean, you learn so much more when uh, you're not successful. If, I mean, if you shoot a deer, you're like, oh, I did everything perfect, right? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the learning process is important to have in film. And, you know, we don't have a hunting show, but. I watch enough. I hunt enough. I know a lot of people that do have hunting shows, and those are some of the best episodes. Like you said, Meat Eater does yeah. it, and that's yeah. what makes Meat Eater different. You know, it's kind of a documentary style hunt the way Steve Ranella does it, and it's uh, it's just interesting, man. You know, when we watched that the mule deer hunting episode, you guys we talked about earlier, uh, when that when that episode ended, I'm like, I dig that. Like, I, I'm into that episode. That is cool because that's reality. <laughs> It's tough. It's really tough, though, like, 
to finish one of those hunts, not just like on a on a non success, but it's like you wanna have that kill. And it's something that you focus on the entire hunt. I know like after that shot that Tom missed on at sixty or whatever, I know he was thinking, Oh my gosh, what could this have been? Amazing episode. But you gotta look back and be like, Hey, huge learning curve, people are still gonna appreciate this because this is this is everybody basically. I mean, it's a slim few who can go out if if you know a guy that can go out and hunting and kill something every time, then you know somebody special, and I don't know any of them, but right. it's, uh, that's something that is big time, and it's tough, though. No doubt, no doubt. And the cool thing, too, man, when you watch your show, I like to, I think about the whole time is, like, you guys are, st- you guys are young, you know, I mean, you guys aren't that much younger than us, but you're a decade younger than we are, you know, you're the, the next, I guess, I it's, it's weird to say next generation, but it's not really that big of a gap. But like you guys are yeah. just behind us in hunting, and you guys are still in school doing this. So it's refreshing to see that because you guys are still learning. You know, I'm almost thirty, so I'm not that much older than you. But the things I know now versus when I was twenty, twenty-one, killing bucks. Yeah, like I would say now that I was an idiot then. I still was able to kill deer, and I hustled and got after it. And that's what counts. Um, but it's cool to see you guys get after it the way you do. And it's like it's even more impressive having that mindset when you watch that you're young, you're still in school, you're juggling life, you're figuring shit out, and it, it's just it makes it better to watch having that mindset the whole time too. And I mean that in a compliment. Yeah, sure. I don't mean that as in like a takeaway. No, yeah, thank you. We we really appreciate that, and it's definitely something that we have learned to work with and pride ourselves on. It's that grind, and it motivates us. I mean, honestly. Most people are like, how did you do it this last spring with editing and all these things going around the business, doing 18 credit hours at a tough university? And honestly, I look forward to going back and editing for five hours straight and making my eyes bleed after class <laughs> because I can go and like go into those hunts a little bit. You know, it's like a little flashback and stuff. So it's like, yeah. it is work. It takes a lot of time, but it's so rewarding when you finish that episode and you can look back on this stuff and, you, you're now we're able to share with others, so it is definitely a ton of motivation pushing us through that. Yeah, I, uh, I would say I like it because, like that mule deer hunt, for example, like I've been mule deer hunt before, and it's like you're almost learning with you as you guys are learning too. You know, it's just something different. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and neither mm-hmm. neither you uh, you two young men are taking any business classes or anything because I I, I think you guys have figured out a um, a great way to push yourselves. And a good dynamic. And get a good dynamic and market yourselves. You're born the, with that um, dynamic, if you will. <laughs> born yeah. with that dynamic, yeah. if you will. Well, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Thomas, you want to take this guy? You want to take this one? Me? We haven't taken yeah. many business classes at all. Um, just a couple. We took one in, like, I guess our... A huge business class that helped us at um, our uh, Nebraska Wesleyan here in Lincoln was um, an entrepreneurship class. Nate and I were the only freshmen with a bunch of seniors in it, Um, but we were legends because we had a business, so that was super helpful. We ended up doing really well in this pitch contest, which when we when we tell people that they're like cards, like like you like uh, the card game pitch, and they're like no, like like shark thing kind of deal. (laughs) we did we did well with that and they sent us to estonia uh the country um for three weeks and we really had time to focus on identical draw and we focused on business plan values i mean all sorts of important things and we also were able to work with some entrepreneurs a couple of tough things were um you know europeans they don't really like us hunters so yeah. yeah well, Europeans hate like, freedom, so you know, piss up a rope. Yeah. That. That's is now. This is that uh, uh, N N G A L. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. N-G-A-L. Yeah. I I, I want to touch on that because that's kind of a well, huge I thing. Let, let him continue with. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, touch on that when you get done. Europeans hate hunters. <laughs> yeah. So that, oh, you want to touch that on Europe, this? <laughs> that European trip was uh, N-G-A-L, so N G A A L. So we um. We were in Estonia for two weeks, and then South Carolina was where, like, the final pitch was. But Estonia, we met with so many entrepreneurs, and we had a couple, like, so you guys hunt. When you shoot the animal, like, do you hurt it? Do you picture it? Jesus. Like, uh, yeah, till it dies. Like, What's up? Yeah. Yeah, we, we try to kill it as quickly as possible. So we, like, 
quickly realized, like, hey, this isn't our tar- target audience. We can't take anything personally. So from then on, we were just like, hey, let's just focus on what we can be done with business. So we had a couple of weeks to really focus on it. Nate, you want to touch on more of that? Yeah, it really it helped us a ton to deal with criticism because we had a little bit here in the U.S., but over there it was like every day. These people not yeah. even wanting to talk about hunting, just like they wouldn't even mention the word. And we showed them one of our little like intro trailers from that spring, and they were basically like, this sucked. I didn't like this at all. And it was like it was like this night, like super well put together. It's on Facebook somewhere, this video of like our spring hunts and all this stuff, and we just had to sit back and be like, okay, these are the people that are going to be watching our stuff, so that's that's fine. We can get whatever we want from them. But it's honestly, it's hard to hear that stuff, but we we just had to sit back and be like, okay, like, these people are going to be watching our stuff. We know, like, what we're rooted in and what we're trying to get done with this business. So I think the toughest thing was just kind of getting through that criticism and learning how to take it appropriately and how to, like, kind of transform it to become a strength, um, to be able to help us make adjustments where we needed to. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the best thing from that trip was we had two full weeks to just dive into ID, figure out business stuff, figure out future, let's set some goals, things like that. Man, that's awesome. What a mindset. Because you got to have a strong mindset when you got a bunch of freaking Pierce Morgans over there telling yeah. you not to hunt. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's one of the – I'm glad you guys had that experience. I mean, it sucked, but I'm glad you guys had it. Um, what I would have done is I would have taken a bunch of tea bags and dumped them in a harbor. I'm like, this is what we do. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I think the greatest thing you guys took away, and obviously it didn't hinder you from what you guys were doing. Um, you guys got this criticism. You're like, dude, this isn't our audience. We're not going to stop what we're doing. Be what we doing. What we doing. <laughs> we're not going to stop what we're doing. Because a bunch of uh, Europeans wearing some goofy ass scarves, uh, you know, told us their ascots. Yeah, go drink some tea. I can't even understand what you're saying. You know, uh, because they told us it's like you know, you guys know, we we're not going to reach a massive audience, and we're not going to be on prime time on uh, various networks. But you guys want to stay true to what you do and what you love, and you want to make the best out of it. That's the shit, and you guys are still grinding out there. I applaud you for that. That's all I wanted to say. So I, I don't really have a yeah, have, yeah, have a you. question with that. I just I'm I'm glad you guys <laughs> an applause. Just an applause. Thank oh, you hold for on, being I'm, here, I'm man. sorry. Let me <laughs> let me give you guys an applause because you guys went <laughs> oh thanks into the heart of uh, non freedom of speech area, we bro. Did, you're rambling. We, we tipped the cap to you. We tipped the cap. Tip the That's cap. all Thank I got to say. For I, I should have just what, what I want to do now, boys. I want to something that we haven't covered that you feel like you guys need to cover. I want to hear that or your favorite hunting story is something I want to close on or both. Hmm. We can do both. Well, I mean, I guess something that came out of the Estonia trip um, was a connection with uh, Latondra's Media Collective. Um, and so we had actually met Jake Latondra, the owner of that, um, when we were like 10, like 8 or 10, uh, when he was at a he was working like a little bait shop at Lake McConaughey. Last year, yeah, we know. Let him go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not just a year ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, we we uh, like had some phone conversations with him, and then like before you know it, he needed some freelancing done. So I did a, a doll sheep hunt for him um, in Yukon, Canada in August before like our elk hunt and stuff. So that was a really cool experience for me. Um, so that was something cool that kind of came out of the Estonia trip too very cool man that would be an awesome yeah no that's cool one of the things that's helped that has helped us the most is this networking we've got we've got uh we went to the Times Media Collective and Jake helped us a ton and and then we got in and had some help from the Harlan Bowhunter guys um Sean Luckdale uh the co-owner of that has been super good to answer questions with us he's been on our podcast um, yeah super quality guy yeah and uh he's just he's been super helpful um just Hoping for a quick text, like, hey, what about this? What do you guys do? And helping us kind of understand the whole outdoor market. Um, and then we've had some guys from Cabela's, um, our great buddy Adam Bender, and a few others that have just helped us answer these questions. And I love it because most industries, they just, they see competition, 
and they don't want to help these newcomers. Mm-hmm. But we've had these guys from these really big um, industries and these shows that are making it. I mean, Harlan Bowhunter, that's that's at the top of the Outdoor Channel. And for, for Sean and those guys to be open to help us is just, we are super grateful. I mean, that's been the biggest thing for us that we have we have parents that that love us and want us to succeed, and we have these business people that have been down our road and want to help these new guys who have a lot of questions and and are just trying to make it, trying to grind away. Um, so that I mean, that's been the biggest thing for us. Just like man, have we been we've been helped by so many individuals. We a lot of people see this business and they see Tom tonight, but there's a huge army behind us that doesn't get recognized. For sure, man. That is cool. Same I, thing we have you know, with T-Bone. He was one of the first guys that really helped us out and pushed us to where we are now. We're so thankful yeah. that he was there. And because he opened that door, he opened that door to a room full of wonderful, awesome human beings that we've got to meet. I'm not going to sit here and name names, but, I mean, you guys are sitting in the same boat. It's a really mm-hmm. nice feeling when you can do something that you really love and you get to meet some of the best people that you've ever met in your life doing what you do and doing what you love, I, sh- I should say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Nate, you want to start with the con story? The greatest? Yeah. I Man, that is an impossible question, but I will <laughs> give it my best. Um, I mean, of course, there's like a few of them that just stick out in my mind. Yeah, you rotate favorites back, in your mind. I, I get what that is. You, are there some yeah, you like equally yeah. or you feel bad saying you like one more than the other? Like, I get that. Yeah. But well, I should have worded it. The one that's standing out in your mind at this moment. The first one. Yeah. So. The one. It's really hard to beat that Colorado elk hunt. It really is. I mean, the whole journey rush of killing the biggest animal of my life, like, cleaning it in the field and packing it out just like with as heavy bags as you can get in the dark with some phone battery left. Um, that, that like, that's really hard to beat. But if I go to one hunt in my life where it's like, this was a, this was a huge hunt for me. This is kind of like what fueled my passion for what I do. It was a seventh grade turkey hunt. And I was, I was a little bit of a crazy kid. I, like I said earlier, I would watch me and Tom would both watch primo hunting turkey hunting like videos from January until turkey season. And then we'd start up um, the next year and we would just we'd be calling throughout the house. And my mom loved it, I know. And uh, <laughs> I would I taught myself how to do the diaphragm call um, that whole winter of my seventh grade year, I think. And uh, so I was like super pumped to be able to get in the turkey woods. And it was one of those things, it was a super big learning curve, but I got to be able to see myself like come into that and be able to figure it out. This like diaphragm call was like super, like I would never be able to do that kind of thing. And I figured it out. And so I went and I did a turkey hunt that spring after learning this call. And yeah, like one of our first hunts in April, I was hunting by myself in seventh grade and I was using this diaphragm call and I was getting the turkeys all wound up and I called this big strutter in to like 30 yards and, and shot it with my shotgun, and it was the first hunt that I'd ever been, like, really by myself in the wilderness and been calling by myself using something that I had learned. And I remember I remember going up to that bird and just, like, being in tears, just so excited because I'd never, like, had that huge general rush of, I called this huge strutter out of the woods away from him, like, right up to me, and um, just by my mouth call. And I remember just being on cloud nine, so excited. that I did this, I learned this, and it was like, that's the hunt when I look back at, and I'm like, this is definitely what motivated me. And like, I had these like this crazy drive as a seventh grader to learn this and do this hunt. And that, I mean, it's not the most crazy animal. Like, everybody can go out and kill a turkey if you want, but I just remember that as being like a big like like coming of age moment almost for me and like in my hunting life. That's very cool, man. No, I get that, dude. Yeah. I just had my most memorable turkey hunt this last spring. <laughs> I was there. Was and Doug, Doug was there. Doug filmed it. Now, I get it, man. It don't matter what the animal is. You know, a yeah. hunt can be super special and just have that personal, just meaning, deep meaning to it. It can be, it can be a mm-hmm. squirrel hunt, you know. It, it just, it depends yeah. on your individual experience and what that means to you. That's a beautiful thing about hunting and, and sharing hunting stories, too, you know. Like, you know, certain things mean different things. Things and that's why your hunting buddies, like you know, you, you grew up with your brother, obviously. But that's why your hunting buddies are some of your best friends. It's different. You right. share different passions and 
and just you you build a deeper bond and friendship with someone you hunt with because you guys are sharing experiences that yeah, you don't share stories. with anyone else because mm-hmm. yeah you might have one buddy you only go have a drink with at a bar or you go hang out with at a party or you go I don't know whatever but if you hunt with someone it's just a deeper bond that you build and that's the beautiful thing about the outdoors and this industry and, and what we do so I don't know. Basically, I just it's it's great that we have guys like you on the on the show we've never met before, but we can talk for this long and have genuine conversation. It, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, right. It is for sure. Well, we appreciate well, you, I boys. Know. Where where can people find you? Uh, well, so we've really focused on um, Instagram and Facebook at at Identical Draws. Our uh, username, so. Also, of course, on Carbon TV, they can go on to Carbon TV, either the app or um, online, and just search Identical Draw, and they can watch our first season there. Very cool, man. Well, we appreciate the heck out of you. Anything you guys want to add before we close this out? Uh, I can't think of anything, but we just we really appreciate you guys having us on. Um, we love talking hunting, especially with quality guys like you. Um, so. They're we'll meaning you and you, Kurt, not me. <laughs> yeah, all, all, all of you guys, yeah. We will definitely looking forward to hearing you guys' success this fall and being in touch. Appreciate that, man. Again, yeah, maybe we'll cross paths. If you guys me. are going to be at ATA or any trade shows around the Midwest, we'll uh, we'll probably meet up yeah. there and we'll have to do another one, man. Part part two, at least, when you guys' the season two comes out and we can get for another sure, one rocking sure. for sure. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. But stick we'll around make, on the phone, we'll guys. A lot of those trade shows, so. but thank you guys for having us on. Of course, man. Yeah, stick around on the phone. Doug, you got anything to add? No, nah, just keep grinding. You guys are doing great. Intern Tank. <laughs> Good hunts. Yeah. Just keep it up, man. Steve, I know you cool. got something to add. I do. Uh, Thomas and Nathan, Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs, keep yeah. doing what you guys are doing. I appreciate the hell out of it as a fan. Dude, I love what you guys are doing. Keep at it, man. That's all I got to add. Do need to add more? Sure. All right, guys, we appreciate the heck out of you. You got nothing to add? I am right now. To everyone listening, stay in there. Keep grinding out. Uh, Shoot your bow. We got a lot of things coming this summer. We got a lot of episodes going on. What, Steve? Speaking of shooting bows, Kurt, you should have added this. We got a bow giveaway coming up. Yeah, we have a bow giveaway. Don't forget to plug that. Get on our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We're giving away an Elite E32, courtesy of the Whitetail Experience and the Bone Shed. Uh, get on our Facebook, get on the White Toe Experience Facebook, and you can enter there. It's easy. You just got to follow the rules. Other than that, shoot your bow. It's time to get ready. If you're making changes, you're making them now. Get your trail cameras out. Fall is only a few months away, boys and girls. It's yeah, time to get after it. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.